You're listening to the Good News Project podcast with Matt Jackson. You can send Matt feedback, topic suggestions, and prayer requests at goodnewsprojectfeedback at gmail.com. Here's your host, Matt Jackson. Welcome to the Good News Project podcast. My name is Matt Jackson. This week is the NFL Draft which in the past has been one of my favorite sporting events. The first draft that I remember watching from pretty much the first pick all the way through was the 1990 draft. I remember watching the draft because I wanted to see where Andre Ware, the University of Houston Heisman Trophy winner, was going to end up. Ware was kind of a mystery to me because he had been talked about a ton during the fall of 1989 and then leading up to the draft, but I never actually saw him play other than one bowl game in Hawaii his sophomore year because the University of Houston had a TV ban for the 1989 season. So he was almost as obscure a quarterback as a Heisman Trophy winner could ever be. As an aside, I got a quick trivia question for you. Can you name the four Hall of Famers who were taken in the 1990 NFL Draft. There were four Hall of Famers drafted in the 1990 NFL Draft. I'll give you the answer a little later on in the podcast. Just stew stew over that one for a little bit. Now, the NFL Draft was not always a made-for-TV extravaganza. It didn't really get that way until the 1980s, in the infamous six-quarterback draft, which saw Dan Marino plummet to the bottom of the first round, and John Elway spurn the Colts by threatening to play baseball for the New York Yankees. Chris Berman, the longtime ESPN host, and Mel Kuyper Jr. with his unmistakable helmet hairdo were absolute staples for this program. The draft used to be a Saturday-only event, which began at 10 a.m. and would literally run for 14 hours straight. And I promise you that I sat and watched every single draft pick as a teenager. In my adult years, the NFL draft became a time to get together with friends at a sports bar and wager $1 on every single pick in the first round. It was like a golf skins game. For instance, if the Dallas Cowboys were on the clock, you would throw a dollar on the table and name a player or say, trade the pick, meaning that you thought that the team was going to trade the pick to another team. If you were the only person to get that particular pick correct, then you collected all the dollars that were on the table. However, if you and another person both got the pick correct, then the money would carry over to the next pick. This exercise predated Twitter and social media, so it made each pick and each time Paul Tagliabue came to the mic extremely drama-filled. Back then, we really didn't have a clue who the teams were taking, which made the betting game a lot more fun and the draft so much more watchable. 2004 was the last time that I can remember doing this with friends on a Saturday. I got married in 2006, and, well, Saturdays were meant to be spent with a wife and family, so this kind of thing kind of died. But with the COVID hibernation and my friends and I all being vaccinated, we're bringing back the draft party somewhere on Thursday night. It may not live up to the nostalgia of 15 years ago, but at the very least, I am looking forward to being back together with friends. The concept of the American sports draft, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, is very interesting. The draft is a reward to a team for being terrible. 
Let's reward the teams that do the worst job of putting their teams together with the best players for next year. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. This is one area where I feel that America should steal a page from the world of European soccer, penalize the terribly run franchise, and banish them to a lesser league. I know that billionaire owners want to protect their investments, but should we really guarantee all of these teams a profit? That's not very American or capitalistic. How about some good old-fashioned competition? Survival of the fittest. Just as an example, with all the calamity going on with the local team here, the Houston Texans, is there anything that franchise has done recently that would make them deserving of the first overall pick? If they hadn't already traded that pick to the Dolphins for an offensive lineman. Should we really have applauded the Astros for purposely losing for a few years just to gain a higher draft pick? The point of any competition should be to win. But hey, that's not the system we're in right now, so so be it. One of the great things about sports is this idea that even though last year or last season might not have gone the way that we wanted it to, fans are eternally optimistic that next year is going to be their year. I remember watching the Cubs on WGN in the 1980s, and I swear that Harry Carey always talked about how next year was the year the Cubs were going to break the curse of the GOAT. The Texans are absolutely terrible right now, and there's no reason to think they will be anything other than a four-win team next year. But a decent segment of its fan base will find grounds for optimism and talk themselves into this team with an obscure head coach and no quarterback by the second week of September. One of the great things about God is that he is not seasonal. He does not react to our best or worst seasons any differently. He is always our number one fan and is going to be there for us no matter what. And it's never too late to turn to him. Listen to the book of Isaiah. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Man, the past just doesn't matter. God has pruned you for new growth. Your past can't hold you. Sin is dead. It died on the cross with Jesus. God is telling you the incredible things he has already done and what amazing new things he's going to do for you and through you. Listen to what the Apostle Paul told the Philippians. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There's no rearview mirror, eyes on the prize. Whatever your calling is, which God has laid out for you, you don't need to rebuild or reflect, just follow him. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All of your life may seem unpredictable at times, and your seasons may change, but God does not. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In the book of Malachi, it says, I, the Lord, do not change. Return to me, and I will return to you. I think we've all been guilty of coming in and out of touch with God at times. Maybe we don't do it intentionally. Maybe it just happens subconsciously. But I think it's a good time for us to sit back, 
and to say a little prayer and to talk to God and to remind ourselves of all the good he does for us in and out of each season, our bad seasons, our good seasons, and the fact that we don't have to tell God we're going to rebuild his relationship. He's ready to pick up wherever we left off. Would you pray with me? God, I know I take you for granted. And sometimes it seems that I only come to you when I want something. But God, I want to thank you for your consistency. That you're ever-present, even when we neglect to come to you with prayers of thanksgiving and healing. With our confessions. Let me start today, God, with the acknowledgement that I can do a better job of turning to you. Of showing gratitude for all that you've given me by being thankful for what I have and sharing the gifts that you've given me with others. Help me be a better parent and a better husband and a grateful servant where I work. In your name we pray. Amen. Earlier I asked you a trivia question to name the four Pro Football Hall of Famers that were taken in the 1990 NFL Draft. Here they are. Cortez Kennedy, number three overall to the Seattle Seahawks. Junior Seau, number five overall to the San Diego Chargers. Emmett Smith, number 17 overall to the Dallas Cowboys. And Shannon Sharp, who went with the number 192nd pick to the Denver Broncos. So if you're looking for something to watch this week, I highly suggest the NFL Draft. And if your team doesn't take exactly who you wanted in the first round, or in the case of the Houston Texans, you don't have a first round pick, remember... You can find Hall of Famers pretty much anywhere within the draft. Sometimes you just have to get lucky like the Broncos did with Shannon Sharp with the 192nd pick back in 1990. As always, if you have any prayer requests or anything that you would like me to discuss here on the podcast, you can always hit me up on Twitter at MJ4Sports. That's at MJ, the number four sports, or you can email me goodnewsprojectfeedback at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening this week. Matt Jackson saying so long, and thank you for listening to the Good News Project podcast. Tell me something good. You've been listening to the Good News Project podcast with Matt Jackson. To reach out to Matt with feedback, topic suggestions, and prayer requests, email goodnewsprojectfeedback at gmail.com. Tell me that you like it, yeah